Welcome to Dragon Talk. My name is Greg Tito, and I am joined by... Shelly Mathenoble. That's right. And we also have a special guest here. Thomas Foss. Yeah. Lead designer of Neverwinter. Uh, we are excited. This is the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and uh, I'm excited to talk about Neverwinter with you. Yeah, man. There's so much going on. You guys have been basically in Tomb of Annihilation like from the beginning. We have been... A month ago. Yeah, months and months ago, right? Like, it's, <laughs> What's really cool is we've uh, known that you guys are doing this because we get to talk to you guys about exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, we've been preparing this for the launch for well over a year. That's insane. Like, we were back when we were doing the, the Tower District and River District, uh, we were breaking ground on Tomb of Annihilation because at that time I think we had one jungle plant. <laughs> I mean, multiple <laughs> jungle grow. plants. They so grow like, very we, quickly. Yeah, so our artists were hard at work. Nice. Uh, so we will get to uh, picking your brain about all the, your schedules and what you got coming up, and you won't be able to tell us anything, but we will do that uh, proper. But before then, we got some real uh, announcements to go through here uh, of what's happening in the world. Uh, and let's start with you, Shelley. Okay. What do you got going on? Living the dream. Living the dream. I have a board game. Do you know about my board game, Thomas? Yeah, you know that during the uh, stream of Annihilation, I got to break open the, the box. You did? And we got to play the very first game. Oh, oh did you play with you Ivan were, Van yeah, Norman? Yeah, yeah. Ivan, yes, with Ivan, And John yes, Castle. Yes, and he was the evil, yes. And he yeah. was twittering every turn. It was brain. <laughs> yeah, I was learning was, about 21st century technology right there whilst was, playing a board game. was so exciting to see, like, People like enthusiastically we tear so, that box. Oh, over. it was so much fun! It was it's so really much fun. fun. The so board really game cool. is Betrayal, Betrayal at Baldur's, Baldur's Gate. Gate. Baldur's Gate. Yes, October sixth. What? It's coming right up. I am so excited. I yeah. have my copy already. You are going to get to see some previews coming up pretty soon. Probably That's right. starting next week. Yeah. Check the internet as well as the Dungeons and Dragons Twitter account. Thanks, Dandy. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, and thanks, Shelley, for. Giving her D and D friends some cool <laughs> previews, some things to do. Thanks, nice, you guys. That's so, do you want nice. to give a preview of the previews? Just you know, there's, there's so much haunts. cool stuff to show off. Some buildings. Yeah, you'll see some of Baldur's Gate uh-huh. as um, conceived by our wonderful illustrator Scott Okamara, and um, lorified by Matt Cernet because he made sure <laughs> that everything was as it should be in Baldur's Gate. Nice. I mean, can you imagine that when we first designed the Elf Song Tavern, we did not have blue drift globes hanging from the ceiling? What? I mean, who oh. does? That's like such a rookie oh mistake. God. And he was like, no, Weirdos. that's not the Elf Song Tavern. I learned a lot about the Elf Song Tavern. Do you know why it's called the Elf Song Tavern? Because there's an elf that sings in it? But it's a ghost elf. Oh, yes. I didn't know did that. Did you know that? Ghost elf. No. And she <laughs> sings these melancholy creepy, sad songs about a lover lost at sea. And you never see her, but you just hear her voice. And usually if an elf goes to the Elf Song Tavern and hears it for the first time, they just get really like... Weepy. Yeah, and then the bartender buys them a drink. Oh, nice. And this is all reflected in the rules. tip, if you go to the Elf... What's the name of the tavern again? Elf Song Tavern. Elf Song Tavern. Wear the fake ears. Wear the fake ears and cry. (laughs) And cry. (laughs) Free drinks. It's on the house. Totally worth it. I love that. (laughs) That's super cool. Uh, so, yeah, October 6th, that board game is coming out. And another uh, board game comes out on October 6th. That's right. Axis and Allies Anniversary. Anniversary Edition. Really? Oh, yes. sweet. Back in action. Sweet. Yeah. 
it's just uh, we knew that people still wanted that game, and we said, you know, it's a, give it's a the people huge what they want. classic. I'm, I'm a, I mean, I started in tabletop and board gaming. I still design my own tabletop games. Well, that's one of the and things I was And that's ask a about. classic that I love playing. Sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's coming back. October 6th is a red letter day for uh, uh, D&D and Avalon Hill it's fans. Avalon Hill Day. It's Avalon Hill Day. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have the PAX West live show is coming up. Uh, those of you listening to it in the podcast form, you may not be able to watch it live anymore. Uh, <laughs> but on September 3rd at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time this Sunday, you'll be able to watch Chris Perkins uh, play with the Acquisitions Incorporated crew plus Holly Conrad as Strix from Dice Camera Action. That's will the best. also be on stage in a costume, and Chris Perkins will be wearing a costume uh, designed and made by Danny Hartel, who was at our stream of Annihilation as a Batiri Goblin. Oh, man, those are so cool. Yeah, yeah. the coolest. Um, so that is all going on there then. Uh, we're going to be hosting it here from this uh, here channel on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, but don't worry about it. You'll be able to watch that videos after the fact uh, here on the Twitch channel as well as on other videos on demand areas. So... Don't forget to check that out. It's going to be really exciting. And then Dice Camera Action will be back in action here on the Twitch channel Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time starting September 19th. They will be starting their third season, jumping into Tomb of Annihilation and all the things that are happening in Schult. Can't wait for that. Nice tie-in. Force Gray Lost City of Omu has been playing on Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be throwing it to them after all the interviews we do today. Uh, And uh, you can catch up with all of the stories that's been happening so far with Joe Manganiello, Deborah Ann Wall, uh, Brian Passane, Utkar Shambudkar, Dylan Sprouse, and, of course, Dungeon Master Matt Mercer uh, from Critical Role fame. Well, uh, I have been, we're doing episode six tonight, but by the time you'll be able to catch up with all the episodes, uh, so please go ahead and check those out. And uh, we're thinking about doing like kind of a special event for Force Gray too later in the year. We'll talk to you more about that. But there's a little uh-huh. tease about maybe another live show in LA, uh, kind of similar to what we did last year for uh, Force Gray, the Lost episode. Maybe Pretty like cool an Acquisitions Inc. takeover. Yeah, kind of oh, <laughs> similar. That would be funny. in the same in the same world uh, at the very least. That would be really funny. Um, Dragon Plus has got a new epi- episode. It got a new issue, that's how you refer to things that are magazines, uh, coming out this week, uh, last weekend in August, last week in August, rather, uh, and you should check that out if you don't know what Dragon Plus is. It is an app that you can get on your uh, iOS device or on Android or on the web at dragonmag.com. We do deep dives into all the things about uh, the Tomb of Annihilation story for this issue. It's really cool. I suggest... It's the board game issue. It's the board game issue, too. That's right. I really would love for you to check this issue out because... There's a because special of reasons. cover. Ball is on the cover. Oh, no way. And the then god so- of murder? <laughs> and then somebody that you know wrote the welcome letter. Mm. <laughs> Who is that? Mm. Somebody Was sitting at this table. Did Bart Carroll do it? No, not this time. <laughs> Pawned it off on someone else. Oh my gosh, Shirley yeah. did it. Cool. What you streamers don't know is uh, opposite of us in the, on the, t- the studio here are all the cool Dragon Plus magazine They're covers. Super cool. That is my They're favorite. Really neat. Really neat. I know I'm looking at this. I cool. love the covers. Want, want, want. I know. Yep. They've been do you guys cool. do those for like uh, your phone? Uh, oh, we should. It's uh, like, like a case. Like a case to put on your phone? Either the case or just, like the, or just the backgrounds. Oh, just yeah. the backgrounds, right? Yeah, screensaver backgrounds. They are 
Are they like wallpapers? I feel like we did that at one pace. We we should do that again. And I don't know if we've updated for like new iPhone models and stuff like that. So yeah, we should totally do that. That Bart, get on it. I think that makes sense. Uh, Dragon Plus is a very uh, good app. And speaking of Dragon Plus, there's also a Dragon Plus show, which we've been doing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time uh, uh, in the slot for Dice Camera Action over the next few weeks. What's going to happen when Dice Camera Action comes back? We'll move it to a different uh, slot. Because I kind of booked myself on that show on September 19th. Yeah. It sounds like Waffle Crew will be back in action. That's right. It'll be a different time slot, but it will be it'll be a part of the weekly uh, uh, streaming schedule that we got going on here on Twitch. Oh, the show got picked up. Slash, yeah, it's greenlit. (laughs) Yeah, the pilot was okay, uh, and I think uh, the the network was like, yeah, all right, we'll we'll give it a try, but we'll probably cancel it after two seasons. Yeah, if if even. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a tough network. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, D&D Beyond is out now and available. You can check it out at dndbeyond.com. You can build characters. You can uh, look up spells, monsters, magic items. All the content that we've released for 5th edition is available within there. And Tomb of Annihilation, when it comes out, it will be available as well. So uh, check it out, uh, please. It's definitely worth your while to have at the table. It's a good resource for looking up stuff quickly, but also uh, having your character and tracking it along the way. Uh, so uh, check it out. And then don't forget, there's also a pronunciation guide with That's Matt Mercer and Marisha Ray. And you should also check out Tomb of Annihilation when it comes out in game stores September 8th. Look it's at that a tomb. Whoa. Yeah, woohoo! Whoa. It is a very long tomb. This is very, very, <laughs> very cool. It goes nope, <laughs> into the yeah, underground at a depth. Don't make your for initiative. <laughs> don't. Uh, and then it's available everywhere. Tomb of Annihilation <laughs> on September 18th. or No, September 19th. My bad. Uh, so it is uh, pretty exciting also there. A lot of all the amazing streamers who have been previewing this content, you should check out as well. Maze Arcana on 7 p.m. on Tuesday and Wednesday night, specific time. As Miss Clicks at 4 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesdays. Our friends Girls Guts Glory finished their season. I don't Aww. get to talk to them on Thursdays anymore, but what they'll be coming do? back uh, for... Uh, we're gonna, they're going to start streaming. They're going to not just do these pre-canned uh, really? episodes. They're going to stream. That's huge. Yeah. We're still them. working out the details, but it'll be coming up very soon. Uh, all right. Uh, I feel like there's one more thing I want to talk about beforehand. Well, of course, be talking about Neverwinter, so I don't need to shill that. And these announcements. He usually does. Uh, he's very good at shilling. But Idol right. Champions of the Forgotten Realms. I'm wearing the T-shirt that. Uh, yeah, I'm so jealous. Yeah, that Eric Jordan brought uh, when he was here uh, last Monday. Um, it is in closed alpha now, but you can try to sign up for one spot in that closed alpha at alpha alpha. Idolchampions.com is where you should go. Uh, they're also on Twitter at Idolchampions. Um, and uh, sign up for it and uh, help us test and give us some more feedback. And uh, maybe it'll be in early access soon and you can just get it all into your brain pan. But if you're a fan of Force Gray, you should uh, uh, jump into it as well as all the Forgotten Realms people because uh, there's Force Gray characters are in every single, uh, are, are, are in uh, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. You can get them as people send them out on adventures, collect loot, collect gold. You don't have to click too much. You can kind of walk <laughs> away and then you come back and, and they've been killing monsters that whole time and collecting loot along the way. That. Yeah, it's actually really cool. I'm in, I'm in the beta. Nice. Yeah. What do you think? And I think it's pretty fun. It, just like you said, you can, it's kind of you can work with it and then look, come and look back and see how things are doing. And uh, not only Force Grey characters, but uh, Neverwinter characters as well, like Makos. That's right. Makos is in there too. Minsk and Boo Minsk as and well. Boo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jarlaxle is. You have Jarlaxle in your game as well, don't you? Do not have Jarlaxle. Do you? All right. Dun, dun, dun. TBD. I like that. Well, I like him just because his hat was very recognizable yeah. in yeah. the lineup, and I was like, oh, everyone's gonna know yes, yes, his crazy fun hat. 
Uh, cool stuff. Uh, go ahead and check it out there. And uh, I think we're done. I think okay. we're done. Come on. Exhausted. Ooh, ooh. I have a question. Yes. yes. I'm looking at the, the stream here, and Lewis Logic says, really hoping to play Betrayal at PAX this weekend. That's true. Yeah. Do you, you, you guys setting up a booth or anything? Maybe. No, we're not. No, he's just going to be playing it. That's awesome. Right. But who you should bring it, should. it, bring it, it on. though, Louise? Please play it. Yeah, you should. You should yeah. bring it in. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, uh, see if you can find just it on the pack floor. floor. See if someone can find it. Uh, kind of like how and when you can you... savagely attack it the way Thomas and friends did at the stream of Annihilation. <laughs> exactly. No one actually. We didn't tell anyone it was there. They found it and they're they like, can we, can, "Can we play this?" And they we're like, like "Yeah, yeah, yeah, sure." A bunch of jackals. I loved it. Exactly. Game roll. Yeah. Yeah, they picked it up. I'm rolling for hidden games. Do you play House on the Hill? Yeah. Okay, so it was easy for I you to play learn. I the second House on the Hill with you, remember? Yeah. Yeah, first open. I've been the really Jupiter's lucky. Conference. Yeah. What? Yes! Yes! Last yes. year. Last year, yes. Well, you're playing at, um, you're playing Baldur's Gate this year. Oh. I'm down with it. Hope you. Yeah, I'm going to be so here. It wasn't a surprise, I'm playing. but yeah. No. <laughs> you're spoiling no. everything. Yeah. Ah, spoiling be... it all. You can see okay. Shelly's reactions in real time, but yeah. she's like, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Wait, no, I'm not. So I asked Quinn. Some, I don't know, but he he does impressions now. And yeah. I said, what, is, what does mommy look like? And he goes. <laughs> His chin out. Do lots I of do burr, that? Burr, burr. Yeah, that, totally. Because every time I say, what's mommy look like? He'll do I that recognize same you face. Is that my face? I recognize you immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of a beaker look. <laughs> the other day he goes like this. Do I look like. <laughs> do I look like Bart? <laughs> With his lip up, like yes, it up. but it was funny because he said Bart, and I go who, and he's like Bart, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then just funny that he was doing that. But anyway, that's ridiculous. That's quite. I'm yeah. a little distracted about it because he's downstairs in the preschool downstairs. Oh, is he really? Yeah, because his school, his regular school, closes closes this. They week. have to hose it down with antibacterial yes, stuff. Yes, they hose it down for oh. a big old cleaning, nice. and then I have to find him backup care. So he's downstairs, and I'm just. He was really upset this morning about going in there. Mm. And I know he's fine. Yeah. But I'm always upset about I'm something. I'm just like, all day I've just been like, are they calling me? Hey, <laughs> Has he done anything? Does he know I'm upstairs? Did he say the C word? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he's off the top rope. <laughs> You're like, he's been watching wrestling a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you guys are awesome. We're going to throw it to a little uh, uh, segment. We'll get a download on some lore or some sage advice. I'm not really sure. And then we will f- go back to uh, really picking Thomas Foss's brain As here. As we've been doing As for we'll, the past yeah. 22, yeah. 25 I know. minutes. He's like... How, where's the producer? How did you lose this show? We lost it. Lost it's it gone. Uh, but it let's ever. make with those bing bongs and we'll get right back to the real interview right about now. Wait. <laughs> we'll throw it and then you don't want to Yeah, Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by these wonderful lore masters. I'm Matt Cernet. And I'm Chris Perkins. And today, we are going to dive into uh, bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore of the Forgotten Realms that you can use uh, in your game, perhaps. Uh, And today, we're going to talk about uh, Lantan. Lantan, an island nation to the north of Chult. Correct. Correct? That is true. Uh, What I am... 
going to admit something to you. I'm completely ignorant of all things Lantern. <laughs> so am I, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's ripe for adventure uh, and for you to... I know for, bibs and bobs. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's it. It's, it. It has not been like as thoroughly covered as many other things have no. been. Yeah. I mean, we did and one on the Moonshay Islands, yeah. and that yeah. seems pretty uh, in-depth, and lots of other parts of the of, of the Forgotten Realms are, are detailed ad nauseum. But this mm-hmm. uh, is... Uh, it's got a lot of really interesting details, um, but... You can do yeah. it in broad strokes, so you yes. can you can fill in the fine uh, crafting stuff on your own, you dungeon masters out there. Yeah, it has some some interesting bits and bobs. Um, I mean, one of the things that Lantern's really famous for is is that sort of the state religion is the um, uh, worship of Gond, the Wonderbringer, uh, oh. sort of the uh, deity of inventions and tinkering and uh, craft. Are there many gnomes on Lantern? Well, that's one of the things that uh, gets weirdly conflated. So, um, the the answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are gnomes. Yes. Yes. There are gnomes there. Um, but one of the things is is that early on uh, in the Threat Realms, um, gnomes and uh, like gear work and spe- steampunk stuff and stuff like that weren't really conflated at all. Gnomes were sort of the quiet race that were hidden people um, mm. and there were forest gnomes and rock gnomes and they were both sort of like these the, the forgot, forgotten folk they're even called. And uh, and Gond was the worship of a human deity and so Lantan was presumed to be sort of populated by mostly humans. I see. And uh, as time went on um, the Dragonlance setting brought in the idea of uh, tinker gnomes mm. and that kind of like Infected backwards into the Forgotten Realms, where a lot of stuff in the Forgotten Realms, gnomes in the Forgotten Realms, started to be sort of tinker gnome like and have lots of, you know, experimentation and t- uh, so on. So okay, forth. got it. So um, later products say that there are a lot of gnomes in Lantern as well, and in fact, uh, gnomes have their own name for Gond, and I forget what that name is, but it's, uh, but but essentially that it's the same deity, and so then at that point it's sort of like, well, why? Would gnomes and lantern worship a different name deity? It's the same deity. So, um, different nickname. Yeah, Uh, and uh, the lantern has has uh, one of the things that it has is um, uh, smoke powder. Obviously, the mention of smoke powder, which is basically like gunpowder but magical. Got it. Uh, Semi magical, and also they use um, bombards, which are basically cannons. So uh, you know that they are already kind of farther off on, on the technological scale than other things. And there are a lot of other bits and bobs, like um, sort of like Da Vinci-esque style flying machines and oh, okay. things like that mm-hmm. are also sort of presumed to be on Lantan. Interesting. So there's a couple of a couple of islands that are sort of a jungle environment. Um, they're, uh, the, the, it's, they're sort of cities or homes are described as being sort of mini-spired towers um, up on top of um, hilltops and things with weird... Uh, railless bridges between them and so on. Hmm. So it's a very strange place. Picturesque. And uh, in, uh, let's see, fourth edition for the Spell Plague, um, someone on the D&D team just didn't like Lantan. (laughs) No. (laughs) Is that person nameless? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was one of the many places that got sort of wiped off the map. And, uh, okay. uh, and it was described as being um, literally wiped out the map, like like that. Just uh, gone. The the giant tsunamis just wiped it out. 
Oh, not even with the the uh, uh, Abir and Toril. It, it was actually yeah, just wipe, gone. The, the, the the storms that came around just just uh, yeah. yeah. And you know, we, with fifth edition, we wanted to rectify that, and so we using the idea of um, the switching of worlds and so on as an excuse. There could have been tsunamis, but also it could have also just switched over to right. It could have seemed that it was destroyed because of all the tsunami activity in the area, but yeah. the truth is it escaped. Right. And went to the other world. And so the idea is with uh, with a Sword Coast Adventures guide is that it's back and some people are starting to show up on the Sword Coast in the ships claiming to be from Lantan mm. and stuff on, and so on. And they're very guarded about um, their home and uh, what's going on there and so on. So there, there's an idea that uh, that it's 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 been a hundred years. They've had a hundred years in this other world doing something who knows what yeah. um, over there. And what did they have to do to survive? What did they build? We don't really know. What it's, other magic did they learn potentially? Right. Right. Yeah. So it, at this point, it's it's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. So it you know what what could come out of Lantan at this point is anything. I mean, they, maybe there's like floating tanks. I don't know. Like <laughs> water <me>. elemental powered <laughs> tanks. Ooh. All right. I like that idea. So who knows? Um, so just going back a little bit, how was Lantern uh, founded? Was it uh, you know part of the Netherese Empire or was it uh, the, the settlers that came over from uh, looking for Mastika? It's probably related to Netherese. I, I know that there's another weird island down there um, sort of near Chult, which is Nimbrol, mm-hmm. and that's definitely Netherese uh, settled. And um, they they that's like an island of illusionists uh, and so on. So... Um, it's probably that's the case. I, I'd have to double check that. But yeah, it's it's um, it it has though been a place that's kind of set itself apart from the rest of the world for a very long time. So they've they've always kind of guarded their own shores and yeah. and protected their secrets and bombards being one of them. Yeah, because if that ever got into the Sword Coast and all the wars that go on there, it would. Yeah, you uh, don't want. The people, the Amnites and the Tetherians and all that in their hands on too much of that good stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so other than other than those details, what, uh, what say we wanted to, you know, uh, a expedition was going to Chult and they get pushed aside and they end up in Lantern. What uh, what kind of story threads could could they pick up if they were there? Well, uh, I have I have my own personal idea <laughs> <laughs> if I were to take my adventures there I would have the characters basically stumble into um, some Captain Nemo-esque villain scheme mm. uh, and probably reveal that you know 100 years on a beer with, given the nature of the threats on a beer has made the Lantan- Lantanese very um, has taught them defense and I think they're ready now uh, to sort of strike out and declare that no other force will ever threaten them ever again. Mm. And so I could see uh, sort of you land there and you stumble upon this secret that they've got a whole war machine oh. um, ready to go at a moment's notice. I have, I have a similar idea, except for mine includes um, the fact that they're not actually... St- so like... Are they half mechs? No. <laughs> See, half mechs. So, uh, 14, 14. All master blasters. They've all got a little gnome <laughs> on the back of a human. So, yeah. yeah. 
1492 in the in the Forgotten Realms is listed as the year of three ships. Ships sailing. Yeah, yeah, three ships sailing. And so 1492, Columbus sailed across the ocean blue, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so in my head canon, that's because Mastique has been off uh, in a beer for 100 years. Yeah. And what happened there is that they turned into a uh, elemental powered steampunk nation. Oh. And so <laughs> so the the Aztec style elemental powered steampunk nation yeah. is going to come over to the Forgotten Realms in 1492 in a massive army and Lantan is the the only sort of steampunk style defense that the Forgotten Realms has. Oh, that's, I like that's that idea. Idea. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, that like you know they're 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 setting themselves apart. They don't want to be a part of our war, our, our you know the wars of the rest of the Forgotten Realms, mm-hmm. but they will step in if there's an outside yes. uh, uh, source. This is probably giving too much away, but Lantan will have a role to play in a future story. Oh, oh, well that's that is that is giving too much away. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not. It's not about Matt, Mastika and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, that's and Matt's Elemental I, Max. That's Matt's idea, TM. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they'll Lantan will show up uh, at some point in some way, in some shape or form. Nice. Yeah. So so it is there. There's a lot there, but I see your reluctance in talking more about it, and now I understand. Mm. Ah, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I was I was walking yeah, through you, this, this landmine. Some dangerous territory. I know. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, oh yeah, it's near Chult, and it's yeah. you know, I could see it being you know in the same uh, uh, sphere of influence yes. of, of people wanting to know more about it. And what's good is it, it instantly creates a connection to Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, because it appears on the map in the product. So, but we don't give it any coverage in Tomb of Annihilation, and that was deliberate mm, to be like, here's things that you can have for story threads it's in like, the future. We're going to put this island up in the corner of this big poster map that you get, but we're not going to tell you boo about it. Yeah, I wonder why. Mm, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's 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 a one island, or is there a bunch of islands uh, together? Kind of. There are two main islands. Yeah. I think is the there, there's the a really there. big one. Yeah. Do they have the same government? They're all ruled by a duke or king or something? You know, I'm not sure what the current government is. Mm. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think um, we don't know at this time. Um, Previously, uh, it was more or less all one big government, I believe. But that's because it was mainly a sort of um, sort of a state religion, religious state, yeah. right, of, of the Lantanese or yeah. the, the Gondsmen. Yeah. I suspect Gond still holds... Tr- a tremendous influence there is the go-to religion, but whether it's actually like a a, theoc- a theocracy or something else, mm. a kakistocracy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many ocracies out there. Yeah, uh, does um uh, so uh, Ashley Johnson's character is a follower of Gond mm-hmm. uh, in Force Grey. Yeah, uh, does she have any uh, connection to? Uh, does Halvor have any connection to Lantern? Uh, or, or, or know of its whereabouts? I don't know whether Ashley has actually said. Interesting. But that, that could be a distinct possibility. Yeah. It's possible she's met Lantanese people. Yeah. Uh, maybe even visited the strange island and knows secrets that no one else knows. Oh, I like that. Secrets she's been sworn to keep <laughs> on pain of gunpowder, or oh. smoke powder. <laughs> smoke powder. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, smoke powder is a funny thing because uh, it's, it's been around since early editions. In fact, I just uh, stumbled upon a smoke powder uh, right up in a very old Ed Greenwood RPG product, and nice. uh, it's uh, volatile. Yes, it is not gunpowder. Yeah, uh, it looks like gunpowder, but it's a magically created substance. It's not a naturally 
alchemically created yeah. substance. In, in many descriptions Got about it. smoke powder, uh, it actually will explode just by being exposed to air. Ah. Yeah, which is why they keep them in airtight powder horns and other airtight containers that are fairly secure and resilient, not like glass. Right. Because if it breaks and falls out, it's probably going to blow you to bits. Which can be good if that's yeah. what you want to do is throw a, a, a grenade so or something I, I like imagine that. that the devices that use it have to have a sort of a compartmentalized creation. You can't just like stuff a bunch of it down mm. right. the muzzle of a thing. Yeah. You just blow the thing apart. And so, I mean getting off into theoretical land, I, I would imagine that, that um, smoke powder guns and stuff like that are actually a lot more like modern weapons than they are sort of weapons that, uh, gun powder weapons that would be available sort of in the, the late medieval period and so on and so forth. I where, see. where there's actually, you know, like a bullet with, that encases the, the gunpowder or, mm. or smoke powder itself to keep it from the air and then the exposure to the air. Right. Right. Set up a spark. Yeah. Was it uh, uh, invented in Lantern? Is that what you said? That that's where the first. I think, as far as we know, that's the case. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it it's in Lantern and in, in Smoke Powders in uh, Baldur's Gate. There's a there's Fellow Gears Fireworks, and so that's actually a Smoke Powder Fireworks place. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's um, across the continent there were at one point Thean bombards. Um, but those were different. Those were spell-powered um, bombards. They would actually like, hurl giant fireballs. spells and fireballs yeah, and stuff it. like that. It's so. interesting to talk about smoke powder because in a world with so much magic as the realms has, the need for science to take you down a, a course, there's no need to create gunpowder because you have fireballs, Yeah, es- essentially. Um, but when you're kind of alone out on an island and you got a lot of time on your hands <laughs> <laughs> and you have, you know, th- things that you're combining and just working with in laboratories and you've got Gond over your shoulder saying, what have you invented today, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you come up with some odd things. And I think that's why we have smoke powder in the game. It wouldn't exist in the game if, if we were just talking about, you know, a purely spell driven world. Yeah. We're- and I think one of the reasons why uh, Ed made it so volatile is that. He wanted it to be um, something that was not then relied upon instead of right. He magic. didn't want it to trump magic. Yeah. Got it. Which makes sense. You don't. Yeah, yeah. It, you don't want to necessarily. Be, oh, the wizard is less powerful than that because this all of everybody has everybody's got guns. Got guns. Yeah. So right. so you know it, it's it's volatile and it's rare. Um, it's incredibly powerful and useful. Yeah. But you know it's a, it's a secret that very few people know. Yeah. Is the uh, the the society of Lantern, do we know of it as being uh, having magic users or other, you know, like, is it more, as you said, it's a theocracy, oh, yeah, it, it, was it very clerical. Magic users. Yeah, okay. It definitely does. Yeah. yeah. But it's not a center of fact, magic. Without, without magic, they wouldn't have been able to make smoke powder. I right. see. Okay. And we, there's definitely the implication that a lot of the constructs that the Lantonese make aren't just Da Vinci-esque machines, but that are also sometimes powered by magic. Mm-hmm. So they, they might make just sort of a, uh, a wind-up tin soldier, um, but they also could make a construct like a stone golem or something along those lines. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, man, now I want to go to Lantan. Mm. Lantan. 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 We're making it happen. In uh, uh, 2025. You heard it here first. <laughs> Sooner than that. <laughs> <laughs> 2024, then. Okay. We're going to make it. That's a promise. Uh, awesome. Well, cool. I can't wait to hear more about that story, as I'm sure you guys can, too. Uh, where can people bug you for uh, what products we're going to come up with next that you get asked questions about that all the time? Uh, yeah, with non-answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people can reach me on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. 
And I am on Twitter at, at Cernet, S-E-R-N-E-T-T. Awesome. Uh, I am at Greg Tito, and I will also not be able to tell you anything about what's happening next. Uh, <laughs> but you can ask me any questions about uh, stuff that is happening right now, which is always happening. Uh, all right. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll be back uh, with more Lore You Should Know or Sage Advice uh, next week. Thanks. Yay. We are professionals. Uh, Right, that was like 25 minutes already, right? (laughs) All right, we're back from that amazing segment. Thank you, uh, Jeremy and or Chris or Matt for extolling about us. Uh, Yay, what's up, Eric? Eric. How are you? I'm wearing your shirt. Uh, the one that you had on the last time you were here. Yeah, no, Eric, it's your actual shirt. I wear a large. A shirt on. <laughs> I think Thomas needs a shirt. I think we can get it going on. Trade, maybe. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so that segment was awesome, and now we're back with actual real interview uh, yeah. uh, part of the thing. Uh, so you haven't been on uh, for a couple of months now, right? Call my lawyer, please. Yes, you may call your lawyer. <laughs> Is he here? Uh, no, I, have, well, I haven't been on for a couple of months. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And last time, usually, it's from my office way down in Los Gatos, California. Los Gatos. And uh, we just kind of do it online. So this is awesome being face-to-face. I like, I like yeah. this better. It's totally different. It makes a different feel for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, first question is, how's Tomb of Annihilation going from how it's been released since like July? So like, yeah, yeah. what's the feedback so uh, far? Gangbusters. Yeah. Uh, it's actually only been released on uh, PC. So uh, the console players get it very soon. Yes. Ooh. Which I'm super excited about. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, September 12th. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, and for thems out there that ask the question, but I'll, I'll say it again, why don't we release uh, at the same time? Uh, it's because when you go to console, there's just a lot of extra uh, hoops that you have to jump through mm. to get all the uh, certification and stuff happening. It's not that we don't want to release at the same time. It's just the way it works. Uh, but, man, we're, we've been working uh, both with Xbox and Sony and over the year, we've actually closed that gap a little bit, which is really neat, right? So we get a little bit closer as, as they work with us and see how we do and, and get the trust on, right? Right, right, uh, exactly. Uh, but, it's, but it's cool. Yes, it's fantastic. Do uh, people, is that what people, do they still uh, talk about that? Like, oh, why don't we have it yet? Why don't well, consoles you know, have it? Or they've gotten used it to it? It comes up sometimes, so I just want to bring it up ahead of time. Nice. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, We've got a lot of players that actually play both on PC and console. Yeah. I, I'm one of them. <laughs> right, yeah, because they have, like, different communities in each one, right? Exactly, exactly. It's just different feels and different social vibes. And, you know, and, um, a lot of people playing console with their kids or family. It's a lot easier to do. So, yeah, yeah really neat. And you're still getting it earlier than you would get it wide release in the stores because it comes out. No, we're night, just free to play. You just Correct. download. Yeah. You don't know stores. That's twenty first century. No, no, he's talking, she's talking about the fact that Tomb of Annihilation is yeah. not won't be out yet. Yeah. yeah, you guys got to see the adventure before the adventure. I know. Yeah. Uh, you got to jump into Chult, uh, uh, hang out in Port Nianzaru. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you asked, uh, how's it doing? It's actually uh, very well received, uh, and thanks again for everybody playing it. Uh, it's really cool going in the game and seeing everybody uh, running around and asking and, and teaming up because uh, uh, Chult in, in this particular part that you're in, the Shosen Star River uh, Valley. Yeah, it's really tough, right? Uh, uh, dinosaurs are mean. <laughs> Especially yeah, zombies cool. we, coming out we, of the mouth. We, we constantly always have this story like, you know, uh, I don't know, dinosaur? What could take? King of Spines, who's our big dinosaur, or uh, or dragon, green dragon. You know, like, who can win? Right? So it's always that conversation. So sometimes at work, we'll just, like, spawn both of them together. Fight, fight, fight. No way. Yeah. Way, because yeah. we can do that. You know what? Once that dragon loses his wing, man, it's dead. Weren't we just you... talking about this in our team meeting? Yeah. Like, who would win in a fight between a bear and a gorilla? Yeah, who would win? 
Well, I don't know. Maybe you could spawn them and let yeah. us know. Yeah. Yes, I could. I could. It uh, depends on what kind of bear and what kind of gorilla. Sure. Who has won the most in your uh, uh, green dragon versus yeah. uh, spines? I'm not going to tell. What? No? <laughs> really? It'll, it'll skew the odds. Oh, I guess that's true. Because <laughs> there's betting on this, right? <laughs> Maybe. There is in the port. Maybe. Remember? Yeah. There is. Uh, yeah. The dinosaur yeah. races. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, really well received. Uh, getting great feedback from the players. They're loving with you know this uh, particular... Uh, expansion not only has the Chosen Star Valley, but we, uh, which is the the, the zone uh, full of adventure, but we also built a new social hub, Port Nianzaro, which oh. is a, a great social hub for the for the high end players. Uh, and it's huge and it's fantastic. And there's you know it's got all mod cons that uh, that um, uh, Protectors Enclave has mostly. You still have to go to Protectors Enclave for a few things. So we want you to go back there to show off your cool dinosaur mounts. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but. Um, but it's just a, a neat new experience for the players all, all around. Uh, what makes so? Yeah, you, you guys have referred to it as a social hub and all of the, mm -hmm. the so things. Like, what makes that a difference versus, as you're saying, protectors yeah. on clay? Sure. Well, uh, it has walls around it, so nothing's trying to eat you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's exactly it. It's it's, uh, it's a social hub, so there's no fighting involved. So this is where you're going to find your marketplaces, your stalls, your your dealers, uh, your contacts for things. It's a, a another map hub to travel to different places, right? Uh, so that's what makes it the social hub. Okay. Yeah, people meeting up and going to places, getting ready to go out and adventuring in right. the world. It's yeah. think of it like your tavern, just bigger. <laughs> so you have to be a high end player. Uh, currently, yes. Mm -hmm. I kind of picture it like an airline club at an airport. Yeah, well. Oh, like your Delta. Yeah, like the uh, Delta blah, blah, blah. Sky Club. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, to, in order to get to Port uh, to Port Nianzaro, the players actually uh, have to go through uh, a whole adventure story arc. Uh, even just to arrive. Yeah, even just to arrive, right? So the uh, for them uh, you know, who will be reading this soon and who have been watching things like uh, well, Acquisition Zinc, you know, Jim Dark Magic has the the spell plague, right? Uh, and that's one of the things that we're that we're noticing. Death curse. Is, death curse. Yeah, the death curse. Excuse me. The yeah. Death curse. Oh, uh, wow. Spell plague. What are we talking about? Uh, uh, that's old. Yeah, that's old. 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 Happens. I, too many zones stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> Yes, the Death Curse. So, uh, as a player, basically, um, Lord Neverember asks you to help figure out what's going on, and all of the people with the Death Curse are, are heading over to Helmshold right now, which is the big church kind of a thing. So you go over there, and uh, you get hired on by uh, someone who you don't know, a, a patron, uh, to put together an adventure party uh, to uh, go to Cholt to find out what's causing this happen. They think that the cause of it's there. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's uh, and at this point in, in Neverwinter, you're not like a, a low level guy. You're you're getting like the party together, right? Like Volo is joining your party. Oh, yeah, he's like really cool. You know, uh, uh, Celeste is kind of voluntold to, to join your party <laughs> by Lord Neverwinter. You'll represent Neverwinter. She's like, what, Chult? What? Uh, <laughs> and then and then there's other big adventurers that uh, big names that are like jumping in, literally jumping in to be part of the adventure. Uh, and they're and they're pretty excited about it, right? So you are traveling on a ship, all of that kind of Indiana Jones, Tintin kind of way, right? Yeah. You know? And then you know, you make it safely to Chult, ish, uh, ish, ish, and then and then adventure awaits from there, right? So uh, uh, we we really wanted to get that feel of uh, it, like it's it is like Indiana Jones meets Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. right? It's that adventure, high adventure. So you want that chase scene, you want that that feel at the very beginning to get the players uh, that are an immersion. To, mm -hmm. to get into something and something that we've been uh, been working on over over the things in Neverwinter and it really helps it's kind of like what Jeremy was talking about is uh, with his montages and stuff as a, as a yeah. dungeon master right um, 
where you're playing the part of Jeremy. This is why I keep knowing this. Oh, you're uh, Jeremy. There you go. Nice. Uh, and uh, but like getting that montage to, to to really sink the players into uh, what 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 adventures they're going to have and what options they have in these kind of adventures, right? Yeah. yeah. And what kind of monsters are going to meet? You give them that little that little teaser at the end, you know. That's and, cool. Uh, and, and set the stage. I like that you used uh, uh, voluntold. That's a, uh, a, a term that Nathan Stewart has popularized here I, in the d I world. learned it here. Yes. Uh, yes, I learned it when I came up here for one of the meetings. Yes. Nice. All right. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that that uh, etymology of that world, that word has come uh, from, from on high from, from, yes, <laughs> from yes, our my, director. Yes, my wife uses it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, but you mentioned Volo, uh, mm-hmm. and we've been touting on this thing every once in a while that uh, uh, Chris Perkins does the voice. Yes, yes, he does. What was uh, that like? It was awesome. Yeah, you work with Chris. You, you work with is Chris it every just day. His regular voice, or did he change it? Uh, he changed it just a little bit, just a little bit, right? Uh, but it was just so much fun. Like we we're curiously enough, Greg, when, yeah. we were, when I was talking to John about like. You know, I'd like to talk to Chris about uh, getting Volo. He's like, you know, Greg Tito would make a good Volo <laughs> because oh. because he looks like him. Oh, do Volo? I? Wait, That's do I look like Volo? Like I've never seen you with a. I've never Everybody seen you with just a rough. everybody sees like what Ball. they want to see. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got the same there hair. Go. Yeah. There you go. God of murder. That's God me. Murder. I kind of I don't know which I'd write. Like you know, like a uh, 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 Volothamp, the lovable scoundrel, or God of murder. Hmm, which. Which one feels more like a uh, a compliment? God of murder. Yeah, well, he's a god. He's That's a god. True. Yeah, um, but so. so yeah, we I mean we work with Chris Perkins. We don't work yeah. with him in a, in a voice no. acting capacity. Chris, Chris just knocked it out of the park. He yeah. he came down uh, and visited us, and he just had this great little. You know, volo thump kind of voice, which I cannot do as well as he does. But he's just Scottish. Is there like really, a Scottish lilt? No, it, it's kind of like oh my gosh. Uh, if I were to liken it to anything, although uh, it was like uh, when Kevin Brownag played the wizard in Harry Potter, like the wizard that like okay. that like talks about all these adventures, but just kind of makes it up or steals other people's adventures. Right. It was like that. It was just kind of that kind of that that essence, that nuance of like Revolo's like. He's talking out of the side of his mouth, like, I'm this brave fellow, but I want you to go hunting for me and find these things, and I'll record them. It's yeah. kind of like a, a Cary Grant kind of, like, fast-talking mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, uh, career guy. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. Let's ask him to do it. I did. Did he do it? Yeah, he did it on one of our segments for, for Laura, you should know, I think, actually. I, I should I, listen to your podcast. I made him do it. <laughs> I made him do it. He was like, no, I don't remember. And then he, like, went uh, right into it. It's on the answer machine on my phone. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> You're like, I got Morgan Freeman, and then I got Chris Perkins doing Volo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, though. We should uh, uh, we should let that be for subscribers on our Twitch channel. Yeah, about Chris Perkins' voice on your voicemail? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to give us, uh, you know. A sizable amount to, to yeah. get that yeah, donation. Exactly. I'm sorry, Greg can't come to the phone right now. He's rolling for initiative. Cool, <laughs> good one. How did you know my voicemail message was in third person? <laughs> do you know Greg has a theater background? He could do. You could do voiceover. Sure, right? sure. Yeah. I've never done voiceover work before, but then neither did Chris. So hey, I'm good. No, no. It's it was it was really fun having him down, and it, it semi assuaged the fact that he threw me 300 feet off of a cliff no. and killed me. <laughs> During the, the meat grinder uh, episode, a stream of annihilation. First to die. That's right. Hey, there you he, go. Yeah. The fame. Yeah. Ripped yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah, that was that was excellent. You should kill it his was, character. It was really fun. You should kill Volo just to be like, <laughs> you're done. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't see that boulder coming. That was awesome. So yeah, what was that like playing with him as a dungeon master? Because I'm sure there's tons of people who would have loved to be able to tell that story. It, it was also, I'm going to use the word gangbusters again. What was really cool. Uh, so... Um, when I came into it, you know, it's a big stage and a sound stage, and, and I've done some acting stuff before too, but uh, I thought, you know, this is going to get in the way. But as soon as the dice were rolled, 
it was just the table. Mm. It was just the game, and we were just playing. Yeah. And that was really fun. I, I, everything just zoned out. We were just really into the game. And that a lot to do with Chris and just his DMing. But the rest of the crowd around us was just really fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were into it. I think a lot of people don't realize that when it's, you know, even uh, Acquisitions Incorporated with 3,000 people playing, every once in a while they react to it, but I think there's a, a shrinkage that happens where it's just the world of the it's people at the table. playing D&D, and yeah. that's, ultimately, that's the best part about it, right? Yeah. It's just playing D&D. It's true, it's yeah. true. Uh, so, uh, back to Neverwinter, um, what was it like uh, uh, creating, like, you mentioned you only had, like, one jungle plant. Yeah. Like, uh, so you had to create a whole so bunch yeah. more jungle so, plants for so this So, it was, like, well over a year ago when uh, when we knew that you guys were doing uh, the designs for uh, for Chult mm-hmm. and, and the Tomb of Annihilation, uh, which is a great classic comeback, right? So excited, because we've all died in it. So the, <laughs> and, that, and those, like, doing the brainstorming, like, okay, the first thing they're going to do when they go into the dungeon is they're going to just die. <laughs> and then they'll get like a perk that says, this perk says, oh yeah, Tomb of Annihilation. Because uh, <laughs> nobody survived it back when I played it. It's just yeah, as bad as Tomb of Horrors, if yeah, not yeah, worse. Yeah, exactly. Basically the Tomb of Horrors, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so we started looking like, okay, literally we had one jungle plant. <laughs> you know, like, so we had to get to work. So we took half of our artists, um, and while we were working on the River District to come back into... Uh, never winter, you know, because you've been in the frozen north for far too long, mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to just like you know come home, local local hero made good, do your laundry, put your cool tchotchkes on the shelves, uh, and and make sure that home was safe before you could go adventuring again. While that was happening, we had half our art team building Chult. So you know, working uh, up with your guys as concept artists, um, and uh, on uh, on you know look and feel of the buildings and the. What kind of plant life and what Portney and Zara would have, and of course the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the Choltons themselves and their awesome outfits, um, you know, and the broad range of what Choltons look like, right? You know, really dark skinned, Asian skinned, like tall ones, short ones, like, because uh, Portney and Zara is, you know, it is a port city. So people from all over the world are there, all yeah. over the Sword Coast, right? It's like a melting pot. It is, exactly. And, and that was a, a, a really fun challenge for us to be able to, to play with all those different types and costumes and, and outfits and, and try and get that feeling of a bustling city. Yeah. Uh, plus, the to, uh, plus the Tomb of Annihilation itself, which is our dungeon, right? It's a whole new dungeon kit that nobody had ever seen before, complete with traps and puzzles, because traps and puzzles are part of the Tomb of Annihilation, mm-hmm. right? right? So, uh, you know, as, a, uh, as the lead designer, that was like, these have to happen. We need to figure out how to get some good traps and stuff. You, know, you guys have had puzzles and stuff. We've had some puzzles. Uh, a couple of ones that we've had, like in the clock tower, mm-hmm. um, you know, way back at launch. And, of course, we've had spike traps and arrow traps and, you know, the, the typical montage pieces. Uh, but uh, in this one, we've actually one-upped them, right? Uh, you really, it's, a, it's about the team working together, uh, just like any good DM should have, like, you know, when there's a puzzle. It's not just one pl- person doing it. It's everybody contributing to it in their part to figure, help figure it out. Neat. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty and then, cool. And then if you blow it, well, then there's consequences. You know, you can set the trap and then there's consequences, which are, you know, just another way of getting out of it. How are you guys, uh, how are you modeling the death curse in this uh, for players? Uh, we decided to kind of avoid the death curse on players. Uh, so there's no permadeath in Neverwinter anymore? <sighs> no. No <laughs> permadeath in Neverwinter anymore. We actually looked at, so uh, in, like when we were in the frozen north, there was, you know, the frost power that was hitting you and constantly hitting you. had to eat hot oatmeal and stuff like that. And we decided it was, it was a, a little black hat. It, it felt like the players always had to kind of deal with this thing. And we thought, well, we could do the death curse like this until you, uh, until you get a story or a charm from Nanny Poo Poo. Um, 
who's a magical hag in uh, in uh, Port in, or in Inchult, if you don't know, mm-hmm. and a crazy name. We don't make these names up, people. These people do. Nanny <laughs> yeah, Poo right? Uh, that, was, uh, that was all Chris. Was yeah, all Chris. exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so we we looked at it like uh, you know we just weren't going to deal with, with like the players themselves because just like. Uh, you know, just like uh, Jim Dark Magic or else, everybody's died in Neverwinter at least once, so that we'd all have the death curse, right? Yeah. So we're like, uh, you know, we're just gonna kind of do a hand wave over that. Like again, like Jeremy said, there's certain things as a dungeon master, like yeah, you know, the the book is a it's a set of guidelines. It's like you know, like a pirate code, right? You you take what you can from it, and then and then enhance what you want to tell about the story. So there are plenty of people sick. Maybe you're not sick yet, but you can get a charm that will help you at the beginning, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So we kind of just tell the story that way. And then also recreate the story with uh, other people that you know that get the curse, right? That makes sense. And helping them, right? Know? So it's more of a plot device than it is exactly. a, an actual mechanic. Yeah, thing. yeah, than an actual just drain because, like, you know, it's just not much fun playing a game with somebody hitting you in the head with a ball bean hammer all the time. Right, right. <laughs> so, how much does your story deviate from the story in the books? Well, um, I think we uh, we the nice thing about any of the the cool. Uh, the cool module books like this is there's so much information yeah. and the story can go in so many different directions, right? So, um, but we only have a certain amount of dev time yeah. and a certain amount of space that we can build for and we need to get the release out so we can't do the whole book, right? Nor do we want to follow the whole book. Just like any good dungeon master, we're going to take pieces and parts out of it. As a matter of fact, you know, this is, I mean, this is enough to do like three zones if we wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you want to. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, so what we did was we picked key areas that were really cool, uh, either POI moments or cool villains and stories like Rosnisi, you know, or Aserak, yeah. and and uh, or um, and then um, worked with those pieces to build our story around it. You know, the the key the uh, you know the key storyline. It's about solving the death curse, finding the end of it, right? So we needed Nanny Poopoo. She's a big part of that part, right? She has, you know, yeah. I just like saying it. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love her. You know, like there's, certain, there's certain things like uh, Fort Vengeance and, and, and Camp Righteousness are really cool things. But uh, in, in the real world, they're, you know, like 50 miles apart. But in our map, they're on, they're on the same zone. You know, same the same Hollywood lot. Like when I talked to <laughs> when I talked to Ben about it, he's like, "Well, you know, it's fifty miles." I'm like, "Like, dude, it's Hollywood, baby. You got you got to you got to you know space things out so players can get to it. It's uh, yeah, if they can do it in Game of Thrones. That's <laughs> right. The dragons yeah. zooming they can, in. They can do it here too. <laughs> we can do it here. So yeah, so we have to kind of constrict space a right. little bit. But you get those kind of story plots. Uh, but uh, within that, I mean, uh, we try to be very. Um, true to the look and feel of the characters. Uh, like, for instance, Rosnisi, right? Uh, we worked with you guys very much to make sure that as the licensees, we want to make him look very much like right out of the book and, and being able to have the concept art from you guys and work with it to make it look like that. You know? mm-hmm. Same thing with the Sarah Rack. We, uh, there were so many conversations going back and forth about, like, what's his crown made out of? Yeah. Is it metal? Is it one metal? Is it two metals? Because usually the artists portraying these are always doing it in this wonderful, dramatic light. Right, which is very hard to be like. What yeah. metal, 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 metal is, is that? Right? Yeah. Uh, so get uh, a metallurgist in here uh, and <laughs> see if he can tell. So at the end of the day, it is. We just put it in dramatic light. <laughs> oh, I like that answer. I like it it was, too. Actually, I had a crown. Actually, we made it. Well, uh, I think probably. certain concepts where it was the crown, and then the horns were a different uh, yeah, material. I can see that. But uh, but if you look, they, they all look the same, right? So we just. Um, I think we ended up making out of we tried it two different materials yeah. and showed it to you guys and like eh. so we just you know did it in one light but I it's like interesting those little those are the kind of key moments that we work with to get the to make sure we're hitting the right D and D notes right and then and then story and stuff 
that's where we can, you know, uh, move forward and kind of just like any good dungeon master, build their own story. I like the uh, uh, I, I like I like just Wait. putting uh, dramatic. Let's not talk about. Uh, I like the dramatic. You know, what you said about what you're talking about the crown is mm-hmm. actually what you guys are just doing with Tomb of Annihilation in general. Like you basically right. are saying, like, let's just take a dramatic light and we'll highlight different mm-hmm. parts of this story, similar to like anybody uh, any dungeon master does at the table. They're not going to play the entire thing start to finish and grab a hold of it. They're going to bring in their own influences and things like that. And that's what you guys, you took the germ of the story and started doing it. So like what our streamers are doing with previewing different parts of the story too, it's like, oh, they're all going to bring their own little flavor of Dungeons and Dragons to this overarching story with a few details that are stay consistent throughout. Yeah, that's what makes it magic. I mean, there are several of the merchant princes yeah. uh, in, in Port Nianzaro, right. right? We chose to focus just on one of them. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I think there's because nine. In, yeah, right. there are nine. Yeah, there's always nine. It's D and D, right? Nine gods, nine things. Two and nine gods. Uh, 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 nine, 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 nine trickster gods. Nine alignments. Nine rings exactly. to rule them. The nine. The Neverwinter nine. Yeah, exactly. Not the same thing. Totally right. different. Totally different. Yes. There's never like the three and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> the three point seven five four yeah. two one. Uh, yeah. So there are nine merchant princes. We uh, we chose uh, one of them uh, because. Uh, he best fit the story of the things that we want. He works with magic and treasures and stuff like that, right? Yeah. That's uh, super cool. Yeah, so yeah. I love it. I yeah. love what you guys where, do. Where, where another dungeon master, they might want to deal with the one that deals with, like, the, the slave trades or the or the warriors or you know, the, other, the, other, the other things, right? Yeah. Which would fit their story arcs. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what they just made sense to, yeah, whatever hooks that the characters were getting exactly. into is what you're going to get. But you guys have to think about it a little bit more... Uh, uh, overarchingly in that you have to deal with like you know a different level of characters coming in and like mm-hmm. what their background is yeah, yeah, and we're making still... it fun for different kind of players of MMOs because there's MMO players that love the achievement and love getting the best and there's ones that like want to go in and experience the story and do that so how does the, um, uh, this expansion fulfill all those different needs? Well what's the thing that people always ask you at the end of a D&D game? How much experience I got? Uh-huh. Did I get any loot? Did I level up? Right. So we always focus on that's the top part. Like, okay, in this in this uh, zone, what's going to be the loot? Yeah. What's going to be the, what's going to be the treasure? What's going to be the what's going to be the reach? What's going to be the cool rewards? We've got five different armor sets that you can get out of this one. Mm-hmm. Right. And usually we run about two or three. So that's really cool. Um, plus, uh, there's great boons. Wave. Uh, so for them that want to you know build up the ladder, we've got a campaign system. And the campaign system actually has three different trees, so you can you can actually. Choose. I want to go up. The, we have a, a new game mechanic called uh, the hunt, right? So the, it's like Volo's hunt, where you can actually hunt different characters or different monsters. Different monsters. Different monsters. The yeah. most dangerous game. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that Lord Neverember. He's got. Yes. He's got a bounty on him. We're gonna uh, hunt for Volo. Uh, <laughs> be like Waldo, because <laughs> uh, he's never. He's in the tavern you again. Never know where, oh, yeah, he, again. He's, he's in the easy. tavern. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're doing a whole bunch of different stuff to, to exactly. So uh, yeah, we've got we've got the story. We've got um, we've got the campaigns that you can go up. There's a, a new hunting system. We've got uh, our old treasure hunt thing comes back where you can actually play uh, these repeatable adventure quests that we've built, and then you can get treasure maps from them. And then you with those gives you literally a picture of somewhere in the jungle. Then you have to go and find the treasure, and you can dig it up, and there's fat loot there. Oh, right? that's cool. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, there's there's always a certain amount of replayability that you need to look at in a game, right? You know, so you have your story arcs and then your dailies and your weeklies. And one of the things that we uh, that we focused on in this that I, I wanted to build were these uh, these quests called repeatable adventure quests. And basically, um, Wakango Atamu, who's our, our our merchant prince, was like, "Hey, these pirates grabbed one of my ships and they took took my took my treasure maps. Mm-hmm. You retrieve them for me. I'll give you one of the maps. Take care of these guys for me." So we've got. 
you go to a, a beach where these where the where the pirates are. But what I've done is we've designed it so that each time you play, it has random map variables. So it could be pirates one time, it could be undead that have taken over the beach and scared the pirates off the ship, or it could just be like giant crabs going everywhere, right? You know, it's mm -hmm. like or the Batiri coming down, and uh, it's different sky files. Also, each time we hide the maps in different places, right? So I think there's like each time you play it, there's a one in twenty seven chance of being the same same map. Oh, neat. Because players are going to play these over and over again, so we want to have some variation to them to give them, you know, uh, a little bit of variety, some engagement and variety. Yeah, sure. And uh, and we just keep we like this idea. The players seem to be working pretty well with it. We want to, um, and we're going to keep taking it a little step further and further on those and adding more spice to these because it's it, it's literally like that. It's a kind of like a layer cake that you can keep adding more pieces of gameplay onto and just mm -hmm. making it stronger and stronger. Sweet. Yeah. Did you want to ask about board games? Because I know you're it's it's dear to your heart about his board game design history. Yes. Actually, that was one of the questions when I was talking to John. He was like, make sure you ask him all about his board games that We're he talking designed. about John File, John who works File. in licensing over here yes. at the uh, Wizards of the Coast. trying to get some dirt. Yeah. He didn't have dirt, but he was like... Well, I got my start in tabletop, right? That's how I, um, uh, that's how I got started in the game industry. Um, you mean like professionally you got your start? Like you were... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I actually uh, worked with some, uh, some college friends of mine we, uh, way back in the 80s. Uh, we had a, a game company called uh, Seven Street Games, and we built a, a, a tabletop game called Mecha, which was an anime-style mech and a three-dimensional kind of game using Japanese models and stuff like that. And then after that, I built a, designed a Pirates game. Uh, so 28-millimeter tabletop game. I sculpted and resin cast the ships and pirate games and battles yeah, and stuff like that and rules. That's amazing. That you're, and you, still, you sculpt your own minis. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm more of a fabricator than a sculptor. Uh, these days, I actually have uh, Drew Day Williams uh, sculpt my figures for me uh, because he's so much better than I am. Uh, I'm, I'm a fabricator. Like I can build things like ships and models and, and mecha and things, but like straight up sculpting, I'm not the best at it. But uh, but I do but I do design games. So uh, okay. so uh, how I got into the industry was uh, I I run my games at game conventions, and people in the in the uh, video game industry would come to conventions and play my games. And then they go, hey, have you ever considered video games? So my first gig was at, actually at uh, Strategic Simulations Incorporated, SSI. No way. Yeah, and I actually, uh, my first gig was as an artist there, um, uh, painting models for them, the old GHQ metal World War II ships. I did like 256 of them, I think. And we, uh, and we like video digitized them for, I think, uh, Pacific General. And oh uh, yeah, that, that so was, you had to paint a physical mini, and then a physical mini, and then, and then we had it, it we had it on a turntable, and they put it on there right before scanning, and they would actually take digital pictures from like every angle, so they could actually use it in the game. No way, way, that's way. Interesting. That was really cool. And then uh, from there, a bunch of those guys went over to Cyclone Studios, and that's when I uh, that's when I they asked me, hey, we got openings as game designer, you you want to come over? And they interviewed me, and they're like, well, you want to be an artist or a game designer? And I'm like, well. As an artist, because my background, I've got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in painting and stuff, yeah. but I'm like, as an artist, I'm more of a, like an, an actual hands-on artist. I, you know, I had Photoshop, but I didn't know anything about 3D Studio Max or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but I knew how to do game design, right? So, I, uh, so I'm a game designer. And, and, uh, and the rest is history. It's a Cinderella story. That's I, love, super, I love it. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, do you ever feel like you call on those, you know, bo uh, tabletop board game uh, uh, design techniques when you're doing stuff in Neverwinter? Yes. Uh, one of the things that I, um, I'm constantly beating my poor designers over the head with 
is I have this, uh, this method called, uh, it's the 45 method, right? Where it's like a 40, but the reason the American army uses the 45 as opposed to the Luger, which they could have actually used, was that... I don't know what any of this stuff means. Yeah. You have to explain uh, a little bit. Uh, so a 45 is just, a, it's a pistol. Okay. And, but it was designed so you could drop it in the mud, pick it up, and it still shoots. Okay. Right? The Luger's, uh, the ones that the Germans use, those really fancy ones, which is, I, I don't remember who, I think maybe it was the American design. But they're gorgeous pieces of machinery, but they're clockwork. They break. Mm. Right? So the idea is that when we're designing stuff for the game, because we have tens of thousands of people playing, you, you, you can make something that's very intricate, but you have to be very careful that it doesn't break, you know, in terms of the scripting and stuff like that, right? So um, where you can look towards making gameplay uh, systems that are simpler and stronger, but still getting that same kind of gameplay, yeah, right? Still getting that emotion, that gameplay. Um, it's very similar to, like, you know, how uh, Jeremy was talking about how you guys have evolved the, the fifth ed, yeah. right? Things like you're simplifying, the, like talking about the initiative thing, right? Like, well, this just makes it a little bit simpler and less easy to break, or in that case, uh, less time management. Right. Right, right. So, uh, so yeah, smart I, that, the tabletop stuff always comes in, right? You know, yeah. and, and also watching reactions to the players. The thing I like about playing tabletop um, in my tabletop games, uh, especially like my floor games, I have a, my Wooden Wars game that I've designed mm -hmm. where I actually, uh, those I do do, I, I make uh, laser cut wooden toy soldiers. Do do. And you're... <laughs> and and that one I designed. You actually play it on the floor. It's like Little Wars, right? And you're tossing a ball what? at the soldiers. And the rule is it has to bounce at least once on the floor uh, in order to be in place. You're not winging the ball. Where right? can I get this game? Uh, from me. This sounds amazing. Yeah, just uh, Google Wooden Wars. You can find it. All yeah. right. And you can go to my Skull and Crown store. I think but Quinn yeah. would like it. Yeah. I know. Well, that's why I thought I brought you Wooden Soldiers. I thought I'd give them to Chris. I will bring some. I'll send you some. You might some. have given something to Chris, and Chris might not have they gotten the memo to pass to it on. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and so the idea of that is, like, you know, I love making video games, but... At the end of the day, when I come home to my kids, I just want to be on the ground playing on the floor with them, mm -hmm. right? So I designed that game, right? That's amazing. To That's do that. Cool stuff. All right, so last question. Uh, I, when we've been uh, uh, talking about Tomb of Annihilation, you know how people should get into it. Mm -hmm. I've been saying a lot, like, you know, you uh, when you get in on the first couple levels, you're, like, learning about the history of Neverwinter and all the, the kind of lore and stuff, and you follow this storyline ahead of it. Uh, is that a good way to tell people to, like, that they should get into it? Like, how are you getting players who uh, may be interested in Tomb of Annihilation and the storyline, but they don't, they're, they're going to start as level one in, in Neverwinter? Like, what's, what's your pitch to them to be like, it's worth it to play through all the content because you get all these D&D 5th &D edition stories and then you get the one that is the most current story when you're at high level? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the world, uh, if you're a D&D &D fan, the, the world of Neverwinter is huge, right? We don't just stay in Neverwinter. You go across the entire Sword Coast. Uh, as you level up and you're going to adventures and you start off as, you know, it's kind of that person that the, you know, you do, you kind of do something heroic in the beginning and they're like, well, we see potential in you, kid. <laughs> and, uh, and then you start getting quests. But after a while, it's, you know, you become drinking buddies with the people that were like, like Sergeant Knox, you know, the guy that was your quest giver is now like asking you for advice, right? So uh, literally, you're his drinking buddy later on. Uh, but um, you'll, uh, there's just so many great places to explore and different classes to go on. Uh, and, uh, and different adventures to do and so many different dungeons. And, and really, the fun thing about it is you're playing with other players, right? So it's like playing D&D. &D. Uh, you know, I, I get on and with my, with my group, my guild, and we're like, all right, what are we going to do tonight? Let's run, you know, one of the dungeons. Mm -hmm. uh, or we build our guild. You can actually have your own guild housing. And we uh, actually just opened up in... in uh, in River District, where you have your own hall, where you can dress it up and set it up with different statues and things. And we're constantly adding on to that, right? So, uh, um, you know, as players experience the game more, we'll add, open up more things for that and, and getting it going. But, yeah, absolutely start. Yeah. It's, it's, 
It starts with yeah. an adventure, you know? It started with me with my first wizard that had, what, like D4 hit points and a dagger? <laughs> 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 and look at it now, you know? I'm still going years and years later. That's cool stuff. Uh, is there a way to uh, fast track to get to get to the Tomb of Annihilation content the, earlier? Uh, to get to in-game, the, the, it actually zips up pretty quickly. Yeah. Right, uh, but you can't fast track right away to get to Tomb of Annihilation. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, right now for our, for our players that have been in there for a while. That's nice. But I could hint at sometime in the future, players might be able to experience. It's just such a cool place, right? Right. I, I want everybody to experience it, so we're figuring out ways that we can do that. Right. I like it. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Well, you should be higher level to experience this. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, that's you're, the you're thing. doing them so, a favor. Yeah. By e- not yeah. E- even at the higher level, level seventies, <laughs> we we caution you, right? When you get into to level annihilation, what? level seventy. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It just sounds right. weird for you guys, right? Yeah. Uh, that's our in-game stuff. But but even eight. at level seventy right now, uh, your gear score, your item score can can be quite varied. But when you get into annihilation, team up, right? You need because friends. because the dinosaurs are tough. The yuan ti are deadly, right? And we we're not messing around. You want to team up because the dinosaurs are teaming up. <laughs> oh. They got a pack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is Deinonychus? They got a pack. Those Velociraptors? They're on you, right? <laughs> when you run, and when you run into a Spinosaur or the Tyrannosaurus Rex, yeah, you want to have a party. Uh, also, you know, sunscreen. Always sunscreen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Always and, use sunscreen. Probably yeah. a good hat. Yeah, yeah, good hat. And, and, um, and, and, <laughs> and another fun part is um, there's this beautiful because it is the show in Star River Valley, right? And uh, our artist took this great uh, cinematic shot of like kind of the camera flying over the river and through and mm-hmm. under the nice. the rope bridges and stuff. And I'm like, that's really cool, but we can't go in the water. You can't see that. So we actually set it up. So it, for those that were in Sea of Moving Ice, where you got your kiak mm-hmm. from the thing, you can take your kiak and actually go into the water. No way. And and, yeah, and swim in the water that's and actually go fishing it. for new new types of fish. Yes way. Yeah way. You've already built it. You've <laughs> got it. Is a kiak like a kayak? Yes, it is. Except that that's what you guys in D and D land call it. The kiak. You can check out the pronunciation guide on D and D Beyond. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It'll be nice. Oh, thank you, Hey Duke Four, for subscribing. You're the bomb. Cool. Thank you. We like you very much. Uh, all right, well, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for, for stopping by uh, here on your way to, to PAX and, and, and getting a, a lowdown here on, oh, on what's going on. I don't get to go on. to PAX. Well, PAX what? Dev, even? Not even PAX Dev. Oh, man. I've so got, really just I've here got for other us. secret meetings that I'm doing this You're week. Here for well, I am here for you, and then I'm here again for more uh, secrets. For more, for more secrets. And I then, like secrets. And then I'll be at the licensing gig, too. Right? That's right. And then get to play more games. We're going to play some more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right, well, how can people uh, find out about Neverwinter? You're not on any of the social medias. I have a Twitter uh, account, I think. Uh, you do? At Skull and Crown, yeah. But, oh. I, but I'm really bad at it, tweetering, right? The tweetering. I, I'm bad at the tweeters. Uh, I'm old school. Well, now, uh, we ha- now I need to follow you because I was, I was always just uh, uh, tagging Neverwinter and yeah, not, but not you. Neverwinter is the best. I look at that too, right? Yeah. And uh, Julia, my handler. Julia nice. Fredrickson. She's awesome. She was at Stream of Annihilation. Yes. I had so much fun. Yes, she was. Yes, she's, she's basically my handle. So she tells me. She pokes at me and goes, look, look at this. Answer this. <laughs> People said things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. People said things. Um, uh, so it's at Play Neverwinter uh, for, or is that ne- at uh, Neverwinter Game? At Neverwinter Game, I think, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, do you want people following you on your? On sure. Your, can they what is that? Find out about your, your, uh, yeah, your at, game at Skull and Crown, like at letter N Crown. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and you, can, you can find all, all my games. Do you have a Kickstarter games. going right now? Uh, right I just now? finished up a Kickstarter oh. for uh, my Triumph of Death miniatures, which are a Renaissance style uh, oh. um, undead figures, or twenty-eight millimeter metal figures, right? Uh, uh, Peter Cast figures, and they're all done in the style like Peter Bruegel and Albrecht Dürer. And that kind of old Totentons Holbein style. Wow. Yeah. You are yeah. a man of many talents. It actually did really well. Well, 
uh, again, I, I came up with the concept, but Drew Williams uh, did the sculpting for him. And yeah, we did very well with it. It's really exciting. That's all amazing. Right. Where do people find out about all this stuff? Um, the game they can just look at my blog at uh, myskullandcrown.blogspot.com right. or they can go to my web store, Skull and Crown. Sweet. Skull and Crown. But, but you should just, first, you should go to the Tomb of Annihilation because this is awesome. <laughs> Adam, I love you, it. You get up to level 70 in Neverwinter. Well, thank and you so much. Uh, uh, and uh, I can't wait to hear more. And actually, like, we'll, we'll have you on again uh, and talk about the secret things. That yeah. sounds like great fun. All right. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. All right. That was a really good conversation with Thomas. It's so great to have him in person, right? Yes. It was. It is. Very. <laughs> why are you so mean? <laughs> All of a sudden, you turned into, like, very stern, Shelley. Are you stoic now? Are you a stoic? Yes. yes. I'm level 70, Shelly. Um, he's a fantastic... I didn't know. realize he's like this... I, I guess I knew he's that he had done maker. tabletop stuff, but I didn't realize he I made didn't realize the stuff. I either. John gave me some tips. John File? Shout out to John File. Hey, John File. Because he's good. Did you just say you hate John File? No, I said, hey, John File. Oh, well, you said, no. I, hate, I hate John File. I actually love John File. He's a good person. Yes. Yeah, he's good people. He yes. used to work at LucasArts. Did you know that? I might have. Yeah, we should have him on the podcast and pick his brain yeah. about more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Um, he knows all the stuff. He knows all the stuff. Like future stuff. You can follow him at GameFile on Twitter. Is that really? Yeah. Oh. GameFile. He should have been the John Files. That would have been better. You should, chan- you should tell him. He is a musician. He can use that for his band. Oh, yeah. The John Files. That'll be at least like an album title. Yes. Yes. He does uh, uh, licensing for Wizards of the Coast in general, like working with yes. our digital partners and stuff, just in yeah. case you were wondering why we keep mentioning him, especially in the context of Neverwinter, because he worked closely with Thomas and the group at uh, Cryptic, yep. as well as at Perfect World, and then all of our stuff. So it's pretty pretty exciting. It's very. Very exciting. Um, so yeah, we'll have Thomas back on. We always want our guests to come back on. Have you noticed this? There are yeah. very few times where we're like, you know what, that guest. But now I feel bad if we don't say that. Doesn't mean we don't want them to. <laughs> but if we say it too often, then it becomes disingenuous. Oh my like, gosh. Oh, they say that to everyone. We love all of our guests. But now, if we equally. don't say, oh, we should have you come back, they're going to be like, wow, I'm not invited back. They didn't want me to come back. Yeah, you're right. Now now, now that you've said it out loud, now it's a thing. And then so they have it's to. It's not a thing. It's not. We, they, they can, unless they're really horrible people. Yeah. Which, thankfully, we have not talked to one well, even that, vaguely that horrible one. person. Just that one. Right. You know. No, I don't. I don't either. I just just want to see if you would say somebody. (laughs) You are the worst. You're the worst dungeon master ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Dan Harmon, wasn't it? You were not. That was pre-you. I know. That's why I was listening to it. No, he was good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. I think he liked the fact that you two were married. He was kind of, or weirded out by that. He was taken aback. Yeah, because it's not very often there's a husband and wife podcasting interview team. Really? Name another one. (laughs) 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 There is not a lot. Uh, But no, and it came out in the course of the conversation, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because we were like fighting about who had to empty the dishwasher? Something something? like that, right. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the heck we're talking about, Shelley and Bart interviewed Dan Harmon, creator of Community, yeah. uh, as well as Harmon Quest and Harmon Town and all those things. Uh, back in the day, that was like it was back 2014, Probably. 2013. When was born. He was born, so, so 2011. We had a babysitter. Oh, we had no. to like 
Yeah, so 2013. But we did not have this luxurious studio. So, and he couldn't talk until like after six, and we had to pick the child up from daycare. Oh dear, it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, like it's rude to just have your kid walk in on a podcast. And no start one saying, does that. Into a microphone. No one does that. Like, who no would be prof- that unprofessional? No professional would ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh boy. We 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 love you guys, but we digress. We are out of here. Shelly, how can people find out about you on the lines? Why don't you come to Twitter and follow me at Shelly Moo? All right. Or I think come I'll to d- Facebook. Are you on Facebook? The Shelly Shelly Noble Writer Facebook page is woefully behind the Shelly Moo of Twitter. Are you on MySpace? Yeah, I'm on MySpace. Are you on Friendster? Oh, totally. And Catster and, and Hogster. And LinkedIn? Yeah. <laughs> Don't follow me there. Don't follow me there. <laughs> awesome. I, I am. Swear to God, if I'm updating it, it's not because I'm finding a job. I swear. I swear. So I just want my 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 resume to be good. <laughs> I am Greg Tito. You can follow me at Greg Tito on the Twitters. No. Um, I'm not really on Facebook, or I mean, I guess I'm on LinkedIn a little bit, but not really. Do people really use LinkedIn as a thing. I think so. Or I think they're trying to make it a thing. Oh. Yeah. Well. But. Twitter is pretty much the best place. Twitter. I will see you guys there. Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Dungeons & Dragons, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com or you can follow us at Wizards underscore DND on the Twitters as well. There also is the D&D Facebook page. Uh, there's a Tumblr page as well. Oh, I started that Tumblr Yeah, you page. did. There's also a Pinterest that needs a lot of love. Bro, make it happen. Come on. We need you. I'm not. I Pinch it. Pinch it. We need you to come back. Pinch it. <laughs> pinch it pinch hit oh I it was said a pinch it like is this a is this a Pinterest thing that like, sounds dirty like, I pinched this beautiful yeah stuff. they should they should make that part of their, their thing pinch it pinch it pinching it out pinching it out nope not pinching do, a not, loaf not doing <laughs> <laughs> bringing it bringing it around to poop alright uh, I think Shelly and I are a little bit cray cray right now that out we need to get out of here. So uh, and uh, we'll catch you up next week. If you like all of our craziness oh, on iTunes really and or want to leave that. us a review and give us some feedback, we'll give you don't. Some feedback. Give it to us on Facebook and or Twitter so that privately. we can privately so we can uh, feel pain as a, as a minor action. All right. <laughs> you guys are the best. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.